0: All righty, welcome back. Haven't seen you guys in a while. Missed you last week. Uh, This is Beast Coast Radio number four, and today is November third, twenty twenty one. We made it to November, guys. So, bro, bro, Christmas is coming so fast. This is insane. Um. Anyways, how are y'all doing? How are y'all doing? Um. Since the last time we spoke, a lot has happened, but the good news is the Bruins don't play again until Christmas. Um, Yeah, I think we had six games, no, five games, we had five games. Um, I watched the movie Dune, I was your girl, Dune, Um, and you know, not much, Uh, last weekend, uh, not weekend, or yes, it was a weekend, but uh, it started on Wednesday because uh, I'm a scumbag. Um, last week, I was away, so I couldn't make it to Beast Coast Radio, um, but I was still able to watch the Bruins, got my little noties out here, and um, yeah, it was an eventful two weeks. Overall, Bruins finished those two weeks, uh, three and two, so not too bad. Um, they had a little skid there against the Panthers and the Hurricanes, but besides that, um, you know, the Bruins are on the right track. Right now sitting at 4-3, and three, not too bad, not too shabby. Um, and they definitely have some good, uh, good things going for them, and they definitely have some room for improvement, so let's get right into it. Um, since the last time we spoke, the first game was against Buffalo. It was a 4-1 win. It was Taylor Hall's revenge game. And I'm going to kind of talk about the games that were further away, a little less. Um, notable about this game is Coyle had two goals, and Buffalo was 3-0 and at the time. And Buffalo looks kind of good. This looks like a good win on the record right now. Um, so, yeah, Coyle had two, and Taylor Hall had that empty netter where he just fucking buried it. Um, and, oh, it was also Linus Olmark revenge game. He played really good in that game. Made some crazy save uh, for, from, like, a five-hole goal or whatever. Yeah, so that one was uh, not too much. I watched that like in the movie theater while Dune was on because, uh, you know, Dune, Dune, Dune comes first, guys. I'm kidding. Um, alrighty, San Jose was up next on the Sunday. Um, yeah, we beat San Jose four to three. That was also a really fun game. The Bruins came out to a roaring start. The Bruins have had a few games now where they've come out really quick, scored a first period goal. In every game uh, besides the Canes game where they got shut out. So, yeah. That's a, that's something to look out for. Um, but talking about the San Jose game. We had a Jake DeBrusco. Okay. Don't freak out. But Jake DeBrusco is really good. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's a little ASMR for you guys. Here. I'll give it. Them, Joe. Alrighty. And Derek Forbert scored a, scored a goal. And that was the last power play goal we'd see for a hot minute. Uh yeah. Jumped out to a quick 3-0 start and then um, almost blew it, but it was off like a couple deflection goals that were like not really Omar's fault and kind of just like really good plays made from like out in the high slot by like Thomas Hurdle or Tomas Hurdle. I don't know. But, yeah, fun game, another win. And moving into where we really want to start talking is uh, this Panthers game on Wednesday night. That was a week ago, and uh, it was a 4-1 loss. And this is where I thought we saw some of the faults that the Bruins really have going offensively. You know, it, it was tough. It was tough to watch. The only goal they scored was from like a lucky bouncer by Coyle from uh, behind the net. And besides that, it wasn't, you know wasn't much uh you know sometimes they had these good chances but there wasn't a lot of finish um you know the offense was goes on to struggle again against the hurricanes and you see like there's not as much there wasn't as much production these two games from the top line and it's not like they weren't getting their chances they were but on the power play they weren't clicking top line's getting the chances but not finishing and you're looking for some line to step up and these are the two games that you know kind of make me look back at last season and say hey like we need a line to step up here where is Jake DeBrusque where is Eric Halla? where is Charlie Coyle where is Taylor Hall so you know they weren't just not there um I thought let's go I I thought um the second line has looked really good so far they've had a ton of chances and you know it's it's sometimes just not gonna be there, and uh, that's when you kind of hope you know you can get into a gritty game and you know bog a team down. But sadly, we gave up seven goals in those two games, starting with the Panthers. Um, the goals that we gave up were just you know, a couple really bad ones. Uh, you look at that first goal from Marchmont and it was just four guys in the zone, and we can't clear the puck out against one guy, and then no one picks up uh, Marchmont walking through. And this is defensive breakdown stuff that's like, hey, like, come on, we need a veteran presence to, like, you know, keep keep us in the game. Keep us in rhythm. That's just a lack of rhythm. You got four guys flat-footed on the ice, and you can't just pick up one guy going through the middle, and you don't get the save that you want. And it's, you know, it's a tie game. Uh, then Duke Claire had a great third-period goal that he just zoomed around everyone, but the second goal they had was also just, like, sh- um <clears throat> almost said Sean Clifford. Penn State. Nope. <laughs> that guy sucks. Uh just kidding. I, I like Sean Clifford. Um Cliffy hockey is what I was meant to say. Uh just got lost out front. Oops, uh press pause there. Sorry guys. Um but like I was saying, um about Cliffy, just some defensive breakdowns, you know? You can't break down like that. You can't let a guy get lost in front of the in front of your goalie. Um yeah, I, I think, uh, especially against the Panthers, the Bruins' defense looked like they weren't themselves. There was something missing there. You know, Grizzlick had a really bad turnover in the corner, they almost cost a goal as well. And, like, we were in the game the whole night until Dunclair uh, just had a great cut to the net, which um, I don't really blame. Um, I think it was Grizzlick on the ice fair. Uh, you know, that was a great play. You cut around. You kind of hope your goalie can, Omar can, you know, get a stick out there, but... You know, it is what it is. It was just a great player making a great play. Um, but yeah, that's that that Panthers game was definitely a head scratcher for me. Um, with the tough night offensively, it's just in tandem with the tough night def- like, you know, defensively, you're just not gonna win, obviously. You know, and you still get your chances. I mean, our offense, I'd say, has been the bright spot this year for sure. And um, definitely being harsh on them because they really just didn't finish, you know. They uh oh, they had some ton of chances in the first period, they came out flying both of these games against the Panthers and the Canes, they're back-to-back nights, um, like, you know, they came out, Jake DeBrusk should have buried one, Taylor Hall had an empty net, I think, they kind of flicked over his stick, you know, um, it, it just happens, and you need to have that finish there, and I'll talk about it later, but the Bruins finishing really hasn't been there, despite the fact that we're four and three, which, you know, says something in itself, um, Anyways, moving right along to the Canes, Uh, the Canes, the 3-0 loss, it looks really bad on paper, and I I definitely saw some, you know, Twitter higher-ups in the Bruins world on the internet, you know, kind of down-talking their play in this game, Um, and for sure, there's definitely room for improvement, they didn't have that spark, Um, but like, you know, you can't get much worse, you can't get worse than zero goals, so like... Looking at it from that perspective that they only scored zero goals, they definitely had a ton of chances there, and Freddie Anderson, the Canes goalie, was playing absurdly good for some reason. Um, You know, Stadnika played this game as the second center with Coyle on the right and Hall on the left, and uh, it wasn't working out very well. Um, As far as, you know, as far as, you know, opportunities go, like 5v5, I think the Bruins uh we're beating the canes uh in expected goals uh at the end of the game. You know, maybe that changed with the empty netter, but not sure. But um I think the story of this game is the power play. And you know, you look back at the Panthers game we had some power plays that we didn't finish on. And so the power play in this one, we had two five on three cracks and like five power plays total. And to score none on that, you, you don't really deserve to win a hockey game if you're getting all that time on the man advantage. And I can talk all day about 5v5, how good the Bruins actually did look, and how they looked, you know, quite frankly, better than the Canes 5v5. But to on special teams look so bad like that. I mean, you know, the Canes got a power play goal. It was a lucky one, but it was a power play goal. and came from a good setup. So, you know, that's where that one went bad. But, you know... Looking at the goals that Kane scored, <laughs> one was a goal from the top of the point by Tony D'Angelo that uh, went off of um, Brandon Carlo in front of the net, who was kind of screening um, Swayman, and it wasn't, you know, a bad goal for Swayman to give up. It was definitely just, you know, Carlo was maybe a little too deep. Puck kind of hit him a bit, and they went in. It was a good shot by D'Angelo. Sure, maybe give that to them. You know, they definitely had a chance right before that, and they rotated it back out high. That was a good goal. It just, you know, got a little unlucky. It hit Carla. Maybe that's saved if Carla's in, like, a slightly different position or if it doesn't hit him at all. The second goal, though, was absurdly lucky. Just like, you know, they come in with this good with this good break-in on the power play. They had this setup. And then it just kind of thrown out front. Um, I'm not sure by who, but it was just tossed out front. And Forbert's in good position, and it hits him, which you like, but Forbert's not that great at handling the puck, obviously, you know, he's a big, tall defenseman who's kind of just, you know, going to go up and down, he's not going to be making these offensive plays, but, like, it was weird, it's like he didn't really adjust to it, the puck just coming to him, I don't know if he didn't see it or whatever, just goes straight off his skate, and you just see it flick into the back of the net, and it's like, oh, all of a sudden, it's 2 nothing now, and the Bruins just had no answer, especially on the power play, just no answer, the third goal was an empty net goal, and, you know that's that, uh, tough game, I didn't think Swayman was bad, he made some good stops, I didn't think he was like, you know, great, uh, he didn't make it, you know, it would have been nice if he saved one of those two, you know, you, you can't ask your goaltender to do that, it just would have been nice, but um, yeah, and then, you know, you go into the third period, and we kind of just got out, we got played outplayed physically. You know, we had a couple chances, um, especially towards the end, but no dice. We had a couple power plays in the third period, no dice. And the power plays really where you have to take advantage when you're trying to come back like that. Um, Like, at 5v5, like, you know, the Canes just played dumping all day in the third period, and they were good at it, you know. But, like, so obviously the Bruins got the better of the chances. I I just think, you know, in the first two periods, even the Bruins had the better of the 5v5 chances. It's just the power play has to be there and the finishing has to be there. Taylor Hall, you kind of can't let that puck go over your stick in the first period. You know, Jake DeBrusque, you know, Freddie Anderson made a good good pad save. Maybe try to elevate that. Like, there were some good plays. You know, I think um, Jake DeBrusque even had, like, a semi-breakaway and, you know, he didn't elevate it. So, looking for that finish, but definitely... Not the worst three nothing defeat I've ever seen from the Boston Bruins for sure, but albeit a three nothing defeat is always going to be bad. <clears throat> Anyways, after these two games, they were looking for you know a little about a little bounce back, a little resilience, some persistence, sort of, you know like like get off the hutch. like, and I, I thought you know through these games um you know I thought Nosik um looked good. He, he's he's just got this sort of like speed to him and like he, uh, he's a really good fourth line player that can be bumped up and so in the Panthers game you know he uh, i was looking for him to do good and he i thought he i thought he did pretty good um he had a post i believe he was just all over the ice too and if you look at the highlights he man in the first period he had alone he had a couple of great plays um it's because like you really need guys like him and Halla and DeBrusk to step up when, you know, the first line, like, isn't really producing besides, like, on the power play, and even on the power play, it goes on this oh, and I think 9 run, and all of a sudden, like, oh, Pasternak, Pasternak hasn't had a point since, you know, the San Jose game, or same thing with Marshawn, Bergeron, so, you know, that's like, you know, two games without a point, and, that's, when you're looking at, uh, people like Marshawn, like, that's a lot for them when you know they're gonna score, like, potentially 100 points a game. Like, last year, uh, 100 points a season, sorry, 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 I'm gonna take a sip of my coffee after that one. Some ASMR for you guys. That was a bad one. Um, but yeah, like, Marshawn had more than a point per game last, last, um, uh, last season, and I think he's projected, like, by, uh. I think it was a J Fresh statistic, uh, ninety nine to finish around just um, b- behind McDavid and uh, was it Panarin? I know. Um, I think it might have been Pena- Aaron. Um But yeah, like last year, I mean, Marshawn was on pace for like you know upper nineties, one hundred. So two games without a point for them. It's it's something that you're, you're looking for a bounce back. You're looking for the top line to get going. And, you know, they didn't score, the top line didn't score a goal of 5v5, but the power play got going in the Panthers, in the Panthers game, you know. They were going into the Panthers game having not scored a power play goal since the San Jose game. So, it was 11 straight before they actually scored, you know. But, anyways, let's talk about the first goal. Uh, Charlie Coyle's goal was really good, um... It was a great play by Hall to keep it. Oh no, it was a great play by Lazar to keep it alive in his own. Hall to touch pass it, and then Coyle just like I think maybe through a defender screen with them right in front of him. The just the release to shoot it that great. I mean that was amazing, and then on top of that, um, on top of that it was just you know it was Charlie Coyle's vintage Charlie Coyle there. You know, I was like this is the guy. Now he has three goals. He like uh, he's like right behind Marshawn. Uh, who has four, and, you know, we're seeing the second line, like, actually make some, you know, plays. It's like, we saw them in the Panthers game, like, they, they, they had a goal, and, um, they they had the only goal in the first Panthers game. Sorry, we're talking about a Panthers game right now. Yes, this is the Panthers game from October 30th, by the way, um, at home. So, yeah, after that goal, though, however, however a couple more breakdowns, you know, just, um, not a great change to start the second, and I think Brick said it on the broadcast, and then they give up a goal there. It's 1 1. And then just, um, who was it? Uh, Dunclair again, just doing an absolute like circus move to score. I think it was right around uh, Derek Forbert, uh, who, you know, he went down to block the shot, which is what Derek Forbert's there to do, or he's going to do that. And um, yeah, it was good. It was a good goal. So, but it's two-one down now in the third period, and you're just looking like, is this gonna be a three-game losing streak now? Like, what do we have to do? Are we gonna be three and four for real? And you know, I was really happy with the power play to have the bounce back like that when you needed them the most. They showed up. It was a great seam pass by Marshawn to Coyle. I mean, <laughs> not to Coil to McAvoy. Sorry, McAvoy needed that goal too. Um, he looked ecstatic. Uh, and it was just a great play. You know, you get, you know, Bergeron and Poshnok drive. Then now you have um, Bergeron there in front setting up for a screen. You have Poshnok in the middle almost as like a decoy. And then they kind of bunch together. And they don't realize that the umbrella guy, McAvoy, has rotated all the way down into a seam spot. And then he gets a wide open net. It was great. Um, Yeah. And also from this game, um, the Panthers peppered old Markey. They had 33, uh, 35 shots and they scored th- uh, 30 I mean, no, Olmark stopped 33 or 35. It was really good. Um, and I, I think Olmark's really coming along. Um, he's made some great saves. He He's still in the minus and saves above expected, but, like, you know, a lot of these goals have just been unlucky for both Swayman and for Olmark. And I think as we go along, I think we're going to see Olmark progress the most, and I think he'll move into the number one, um, assuming that Tukarescu is not coming back, which obviously, you know, isn't a great assumption, but... Nonetheless, we'll see what happens with Tuca after um, the Winter Olympics. Alrighty, so yeah, then the Bruins won it in a, uh, in a shootout, and it was Charlie Coyle again. It was a great move. Um, you can just tell Coyle has his confidence back. Like I said, vintage Charlie Coyle. He is just like exhuming confidence, even though the Bruins like haven't you know three three and two in the last five. Not great, not bad. It's kind of what you expect, and um, he's got like, what, I think three goals in these five games, he has that shootout goal, and he's got, like, five points, like, you gotta give it to him, um, Charlie Coyle's been great, and I'm really proud to, like, you know, see him, you know, after the knee surgery, falling into these shoes of the second line center, that, like, last, like, when he signed his contract, he was only the third line center, so, like, he's really stepping up to the plate, and I love it, so, yeah, moving ahead, um, the Bruins have four days off between games. Um, they Played on Saturday. Now they don't play again until tomorrow on Thursday, November fourth. So uh, let's talk about the state of the team a little bit. Let's hit the let's hit the J Fresh corner. You know, J Fresh uh, J Fresh Hockey on Twitter. I follow his patron for his wins above replacement stats. So I feel like um, it's cool if I use him on here. Um, so. First of all, one thing to note, I got three notes here. I got one thing to note, first of all, is McAvoy has the second highest wins above replacement in the three-season base, which includes this season, behind Adam Fox, which makes sense. I think last year he might have been number one, but um, now that you add in Adam Fox's from this year, it's a little bit skewed, because Adam Fox has been fucking crazy this year. But McAvoy, this just shows, he's still been really good, and it was like Adam Fox and Charlie McAvoy, far and away. Um, next we had the Bruins lead the league in expected goals percentage at 5v5, like number one, and this is a great sign, you know, for like offensive output, you know, you're getting around the puck, they're getting into the zone, they got attacking zone time and they're getting, you know, quality scoring chances, but the thing is, what else to show you, because we're not number one in, you know, 5v5 goals, or and that just shows you the struggles that we've been having with finishing, and it also shows you that we have a lack of power play because clearly, um, if we're number one in expected goals percentage, if we're not number one expected in uh, expected goals overall. Um, just not not at five v five, just overall. Then the power play is really dragging it down, which is bad. <laughs> you know, the power play should be lifting us up. Um, and lastly we are um, obviously above average still at expected goals 4 with being number 1 at 5v5 expected goals percentage. Um, however, uh, as of, I believe this might have changed, but as of October, I think, 29th, we had the best expected goals against at 1.7. I think that went up after the Panthers game on Saturday, but it's still a sign that you know we're getting some bad puck luck out there. You know, and that obviously, over an 82-game season, that, that that's going to balance out. You know, you're not going to get bad puck luck every single, you know, game throughout the season. But in a small sample size like 7, you can see, you know, the, the um, puck luck isn't on our side right now. The, is that really a stat? Blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Um, I just think, like, that's got to be evidence for just getting kind of shitty luck with, like, you know, pucks off skates like in the hurricanes game and stuff and it also could be a sign of you know so a rookie goaltender and a newly signed goaltender they gotta come along but you know i think overall those two are the biggest parts of it and then um one thing that you can clean up clean up from that too is defensive breakdowns like in the, the panthers the first panthers game on the road um that can also be you know a little bit of a problem where, like, they're getting these goals where they really shouldn't be, like, they're getting dominated at 5v5, and then getting, you know, a cheap goal like that, which makes sense, Alrighty, righty, and now, um, fellow, uh, Bruins beat writer, just gonna I shouldn't say fellow, because I'm just not a Bruins beat writer, Ty Anderson with 98.5 The Sports Hub, he's a great read. Should go ahead and read his stuff on 98.5. He drops um, articles, I think, like once a day. And they're all really good. I read his one today, and here's just a couple um, clips for them. Giving him credit. Um, The Bruins are averaging over a post per game, which is absurd. You know, just once again, reiterating puck luck. You can't really, you know, rely on it. But, like, hitting the post eight times, like, just uh, think about, like, even half of those going in how much to change these games. so that's just one thing they've allowed the third least shots per game which is you know pretty good you're allowing less shots the less chance that there's goals going in it has to be a shot to be a goal that's just a fact clearly you know we're getting in lanes and um once again it's not about defensive structure obviously it's about the breakdowns and 20th and all situations save percentage which isn't you know it, it's not terrible it, it It's, you know, a rookie goaltender and a newly signed goaltender. And we're looking for them to make strides this season. That's always been the focus by Cassidy, you know. He wants, them, he wants our goalies by April to be winning us games. If they're not winning us games in October, you know, it's not a big deal. It's definitely not something you want to rely on with a hockey team. But, like, you want them to make those strides so that time comes... They can possibly win us a game or two. Anyways, lastly, the power play will inevitably improve. This is one thing that I got from his um, article today. Um, it it's just going to balance out. It's you know there's so many stacked pieces on that lineup. It's you know Taylor Hall. It's Charlie McAvoy. It's David Pasternak. It's Brad Marchand. It's Patrice Bergeron. Like, those are all top-quality names. And it's just like, why isn't it working? Cassidy has to do something. No. Cassidy's smart not to do something. We just added two new pieces to a power play that's been, like, lethal. You know? And, like, two new pieces that, like, we kind of had to add. I mean, you could have kept Grizz out there, sure. But, like, McAvoy is way better at puck movement. It's just Grizz has better with the skates. But, like, you know, you look at McAvoy, he's just overall a better player. Maybe not maybe not offensively. You know, maybe Grizz has a step on him there. But McAvoy, McAvoy just is so good at gaining these neutral zone entries. Whereas like I feel like that's some one thing where like you know Grizz can see the puck really well, get through the neutral zone, dump it in. I think McAvoy's always there to like step over the blue line, set you up. That's why you want him on the power play in my in my um humble opinion. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't know, and I think um, sometimes McAvoy sees the sees the ice better, but Grizz also you know isn't gonna give up a shot as much. He's gonna take the shot, which is something we need McAvoy to do. Um, yeah, and then you also are adding Taylor Hall out there for David Krejci. Critchie. David Krejci is a veteran. He was nasty. It sucks that we're missing him. You know, and I think that's just one of the things that that happens. Um, you put out, you take out an old piece you put in a new one, it's going to take time to adjust. Um, So, yeah. 3 for 19 on the power play is really bad, though. So, um, definitely looking for improvement on that. And I think we will. And honestly, looking ahead, um, Bruins are going north. um, But not, you know, in the literal sense because this game's at home against the Red Wings. But (laughs) they're playing a bunch of northern teams. So, um, the Red Wings have lost three in a row. Their 3.4 goals against is 30th in the league. And 2.9 goals for his 15th. And one thing to look for in this game is obviously power play improvement, but not only because they have to, (laughs) 3 for 19, but also they're going against the 24th uh, penalty kill in the league right now. So not a great penalty kill in the wings. Not a great defense in the wings. Let's see if this offense can get clicking again. Um, Yeah, that's my take on the wings. And the game I'm excited for, Nick Ritchie. Back against the Bees. I wish it was in TD Garden so I could say Nick Richie. Back in TD Garden. Um, Yeah, it's against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it is the first game against the Maple Leafs since November 15th, 2019. Holy shit. Is that a long fucking time? Almost two years since we played the Maple Leafs. Um, Oh, here here comes a lawnmower. So enjoy that. It is November 3rd it was 30 degrees this morning and they are mowing the lawns um yeah but i'll wrap this up um the leafs you know 2.9 goals against 2.5 goals for not what you want to see in the leafs you know you think they're going to be explosive offensively but they're coming off the snide they're 5-4-1 and one now and um they're definitely going to be a they always give us a tough battle thank you a more um anyways and then we play ottawa So it'll be nice to go back into Canada, I'm sure, for the Bruins. First time, actually, first time playing in uh, Toronto, though, since the bubble. That's cool. Anyways, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, Thank you all. Um, Shout out Ty Anderson and JFreshHockey. This has been Beast Coast Radio. Subscribe, unsubscribe, and uh, don't subscribe. Thank you guys, and farewell. If you're, uh, still there, um, just want to say the guy mowing the lawn is smoking a cigarette, like, with two hands on the wheel because he's a driving, uh, lawnmower, and he's just smoking, like, the cigarette just straight up, like, every single inhale, which I just want to say was pretty rockstar. Thank y'all. Go Bees.